What's up, everyone? This is episode 123 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. As always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast, and my Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. Well, speaking of social media, my main PC player, Meta Sanford Artest, aka Meta World Peace, aka Panda's Friend, aka Ron Artest, tweeted out on Tuesday that he wants to appear on 100 podcast this summer. Well, he's most certainly welcome on this show, and in all honesty, that would be a dream come true. I would love to have um, him help narrate his career using cardboard. So I put out a post practically pleading with him to pick this show, and I ask you guys to comment on that post and tag him. I was overwhelmed by the response, so thank you very much. If you haven't responded to that post yet, please, please, please pause this episode Go to my Instagram or my Twitter and do so. It would mean so much to me. How great would it be to have Meta on this show? So needless to say, I'll be watching my inbox close over the next week, and I'm going to hope that we can make this happen. Um, Another group that really made things happen this week, how about those Phoenix Suns? Tuesday night, we had Game 1 of the NBA Finals, Um, and I'm really excited to see two different teams have a shot at this thing. I don't know if we're necessarily going to see Suns in four, but uh, I'm just hoping for a good series. I hope you guys are enjoying that so far, and I hope you enjoy today's episode as well. Here is the game plan for this show. I have a few hobby headlines that I want to share with you real quick. I've got a few mail days that I've got to talk about. Uh, Some of you might have seen a preview of a couple cards on my YouTube already, but there's more. And then for my main segment, I want to take you through some of the basketball-related opportunities we have ahead of us this summer. The finals are only going to last so long, but there's so much other basketball-related content to watch, and there are so many different types of cards to chase. I'm going to do my best to run through everything for you, so you'll want to make sure and stay tuned for that. All right, hobby headlines. I've got four of them for you. The first one might not seem like a hobby headline, but I think it definitely will be as time passes. Last Thursday, the NCAA Board of Directors cleared the way for college athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. Um, You might see people refer to that as NIL, N-I-L, while they're still in school. Now, a lot of people immediately think about jersey sales, but it's more in line with showing off products on social media, filming commercials for local pizza places, signing autographs at a car dealership, that kind of stuff. Um, That probably doesn't concern a whole lot of you that are listening. Personally, I'm more interested to see how this can be utilized for trading cards. And from what I understand, the players still can't do any type of endorsements while wearing their uniform, their team uniforms, or or having their team logos displayed. Um, That would still make this very doable for a non-licensed product, though, like Goodwin Champions, or definitely something from Leaf. I know Leaf, they own the Pro Set branding now. There are a lot of possibilities there. So it's not surprising that people were already tweeting at Leaf CEO Brian Gray about this whole thing. And he responded on July 1st by saying, we will only be announcing players after approval by institutions. Our number one concern is maintaining player eligibility and adherence to state laws where applicable. Thanks for the patience. 
Anyway, that will be interesting to follow. There seems to be a lot of stuff that needs to be cleared up first, but I feel pretty confident that some card company, whichever one it is, will find a way to take advantage of this, and I think that's a good thing for us collectors. Um, all right, I haven't heard a lot of people link the name, image, and likeness stuff to cards, but I have already seen a lot of commentary on these next three headlines, so I'm going to try and run through them real quick. Uh, very first one here, you might remember Nat Turner and his group purchasing Collector's Universe, which is the parent company of PSA. Well, now they've purchased Golden Auctions. I've voiced my appreciation for Nat on this show before. I trust him to help right the ship at PSA. Um, on the same hand, I know Ken has expressed his desire to grow his business for more data, for more technology, for a website that doesn't crash all the time and so forth. I think all of that's good. The only thing that concerns me a little bit here is that Golden will be selling a lot of PSA-graded cards. The higher the grade, the higher the sale, the higher the sale, the more everyone benefits, at least everyone on that side. So um, who's going to regulate all of this? It's a problem that's plagued this industry for a long time. I'm not even saying here that I think either company is going to try anything shady. I don't want to imply that at all. I just don't like the possibility that it could happen. So um, I'm just wondering, you know, if if another, let's say even if, if these two companies are squeaky clean the whole time, well, another company might see this as an opportunity to come in. There's no regulation and try some of this type of stuff on their own. So who knows? Um, all right. Next piece of hobby news, though. It was also announced on Thursday that an investment firm named Blackstone acquired a majority stake in CCG, which is the company, the parent company of CSG. I've said it on here before. I think CSG has a good chance of sticking around and really making some noise in the graded card game. I own one S uh, CSG. I can't keep my acronym straight. CSG graded card. It's a George Gervin rookie. In fact, this afternoon I I was lamenting the fact that my scan looked uh, horrible, only to find out if I put the card number in on their website. They had a high quality scan on there of my exact card that looked good. So um, that was a nice little bonus I didn't even know about. And then I think the slabs themselves are really nice. They've got some graders that already have credibility and they have the infrastructure in place from grading comics and gaming cards. So now you add the backing of guys like um, Jay-Z's group and Michael Rubin, Andre Iguodala, Daryl Morey. I think that's good. And everything seems to be in place to help them stick around. And you know what? Um, I am rooting for them. Okay, the third and final big sale that I want to talk about, or at least that's how it was presented, uh, was announced on Tuesday of this week. It's being labeled as the new most expensive modern day trading card. The Alt Fund, which is an alternate asset platform, purchased 51% of Steph Curry's 2009-2010 National Treasures 101 Logo Man Auto. According to their press release, they purchased these shares at a valuation of $5.9 million. Now, just to be clear here, it wasn't technically purchased at that amount. They're using this fractional valuation to claim it was the most expensive modern card sale. And you know what? A lot of people think that that $5.9 million was undervalued anyway. So maybe in, in the you know grand scheme of things, maybe it will be. But it's not right now. And when they say something like this, it brings them publicity. That type of publicity is valuable for a company like that. 
man, um, we really need some regulation here because that type of presentation doesn't sit well with me. And you guys know my approach to the hobby by now. I'm going to say something here that a lot of people probably won't agree with. I still think fractional ownership is dumb. And keep in mind, I'm not calling the people that partake in it stupid. These people have their reasons and they're entitled to that. Uh, But I'm not convinced that it's all that good for the hobby. In fact, if I was a high-end collector, I really wouldn't like this. I think it's going to create something similar to what group breaking did, which, by the way, group breaking is basically fractional ownership of boxes. But group breaking started to help people afford the few high-end products that were out of reach. Well, this then convinced, or really I should say enabled, the card companies to make more high-expensive, I'm sorry, more expensive high-end products. And then um, that over time, along with grading, got us to a point where now people are clearing all the Chronicles and Illusions Blasters off the shelves and forcing people to buy into them fractionally because they can't find them and now they're priced out. Group breaking is now, in a sense, perpetuating the problem it initially set out to help solve. Similarly, I think this fractional card stuff is going to inflate some prices for high-end stuff and not in a way... Um, where everyone benefits. You know, people are going to get priced out of some stuff that they probably shouldn't. As a collector, I hate to see that. Another one of my fears is that these groups are going to play hot potato with these big investment pieces, and somewhere along the line, people are going to get stuck with them, and it will be people that don't like and appreciate cards. But it is what it is. Spend your money however you'd like. I know people aren't doing the fractional thing to collect, but it's got a lot of collectors excited because they see a high number, and all the while, they don't realize they probably shouldn't be excited. Okay, on to the mail. On to happy things. Um, The first card I want to talk about today is a WNBA card. The first WNBA mail day I've ever had. And long story short, I'm trying to get more into the WNBA. The more games I watch, the more I find myself looking at WNBA cards. Um, There might even be a rainbow chase in the works. I'll talk more about kind of the WNBA in today's main segment, just a little bit. Um, But I ended up picking up a 2019 Optic Gold of Tiffany Mitchell. She's on the Indiana Fever. That's the team that I'm claiming now. Of course, they're horrible this season, but it's a good-looking card. The gold border complements the yellow jerseys quite well. I posted that on my Instagram sometime in the last week. Make sure you check that out. Okay, the next card I picked up is a Brandon Rush Logo Man card, numbered 2 out of 6 from 2009-2010 SP Game Used. Logo Man was the name of the set. Imagine that. And this is a set that I profiled when I did my short little Logo Man series. You guys might remember me talking about this. There are some cards from that set that were numbered super high, like 14, 15. I think there's a few that are even higher than that. Um, Even in the rookie photo shoot um, era today, that would be unheard of. But back in 2009, 2010, Upper Deck knew they were losing their license, so they loaded up some of their products with prime pieces well, it turns out they must have had six Brandon Rush Logo Man patches lying around because they made their way into this set. And I've seen several copies of this card in the past, but I was unsuccessful in landing one until now. 
And in general, Logo Man cards have jumped in price quite a bit over the last couple years. I was worried this was going to go stupid high or, or way higher than I thought it should have. I was fortunate that it was listed with a big batch of Logo Man cards. So I guess all of the Logo Man collectors kind of had to prioritize or pick and choose. It cost me a little bit more than it would have a couple years ago, but a lot less than I thought it would now, if that makes any sense. So I'm very happy to add this to my collection. Also, you guys might remember last week's conversation where I talked with another Pacers collector named Steve. We talked about how we kind of work together to make sure we're not bidding one another up on cards. Well, the very first question that I asked him as we ended our conversation last week was, okay, there's a Brandon Rush logo man that's up right now. What are we going to do about this? We talked it through. He's a bigger Rush collector than I am, but he was only uh, able to go to a certain amount at this time because, you know, different card purchases kind of dictate what funds are available. I promised him if I wanted in that range, it would be headed his way. We didn't think it would stay in that range. It didn't, but there's no bad blood between us when all is said and done. So there's another example of how we work through a situation like that. All right, the third card I want to talk about is a 1998-99 Skybox Premium Star Rubies card of Dale Davis. Now, I don't do a lot of 90s stuff in my collection. You guys know that I skew more towards patches and, and 2000 stuff, but every once in a while there's a card that comes along that's the right combination of rare and nostalgic, and I definitely have to pick it up. This was one of those cases um, the product itself has premium in the title, and that's fitting because for me, um, when I was growing up, this was a premium set that I had little access to then. Even the base cards. Um, incidentally enough, I remember getting a few packs at a CVS at one point and just being floored by how nice they were. But I certainly wasn't chasing Star Rubies then because I didn't even know they existed. As I got a little older and continued to collect cards, this was obviously a parallel that I found out about, and it was one that I was drawn to because it takes a base set that had some mystique to me as a kid back then and sort of adds another level. There's a rarer version that I can chase. So um, I would also say, similar to the way I was impressed by the base cards back then, the 98 Star Rubies are just stunning in person. A scan does not do it justice. You've got to see it in motion. So um, kudos to Zach, a.k.a. BDRR Sports Cards. He messaged me last week and asked if I needed this one. We were able to work out a deal fairly quick. You might remember him from my 2019 National Recap. I've done at least, I say, a handful of deals with him, probably more than that. It's nice to have those kind of relationships where people will seek you out with cards before they take them to the market at large. I look forward to seeing him at National again this year. I believe he's going to be set up in booth 436 with Coleman Cards. If you're in the area, make sure you stop by and tell those guys, hey. All right, finally, 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 well, those first three cards were exciting for me. They're nice additions to the PC. They most certainly take a backseat to the final card I'm going to tell you about today. The last card is a 2000-2001 Topps Chrome Final Piece NBA Finals Game Worn Patch of Reggie Miller, number to 25. I would say I'm more excited about, I'm way more excited about this one than I am the LeBron Finals patch that I talked about recently. And I was very excited about that one too. Um, 
But this set is very important to me. As you guys know, I'm a big NBA Finals collector. I'm a big Pacers collector. I think I have five or six other Pacers from this set. But all the time, it felt like I was missing the one guy that really mattered. Because Reggie Miller, he was a hero to every kid that grew up in Indiana in the 90s. Everywhere else, kids were, you know, idolizing Jordan, sticking their tongue out every time they drove the ball. Not in Indiana. We were practicing the leg kick. We were practicing that goofy shooting motion instead. We were practicing shooting buzzer beaters and pushing Jordan out of the way in game four. All that stuff. Um, anyway, <laughs> that is still to say Jordan got in the way of, of some of our best teams. But um, even though my Pacers never won an NBA title, I got incredibly lucky with the timing of their only NBA Finals appearance. Prior to the 2000 Finals, there were some Finals cards that were kind of scattered here and there, mainly floor pieces. And then for whatever reason, in 2000, Tops decided they were going to make a lot of Finals cards, and that included two prime patch parallels in Tops Chrome. And they continued making Finals materials on and off until around 2007. And that's Tops, by the way. We still have them from Panini. Um, but there wasn't another dedicated patch set until the Miami Heat set, that had Dwayne Wade and Shaquille O'Neal. So, you know, they went like six or seven years without having these NBA Finals patches. So for my team to actually be the one year where they had these prime cards, I'm just really fortunate. And even though they didn't win a title, at least this is a bit of a consolation prize for me. And I have been looking for one of these for years. I missed out on one probably four or five years ago that was listed with a buy it now. I definitely would have bought that, but I didn't see it in time despite searching for final stuff at that point at least once a day. Can you imagine? And this was a manual search. I manually searched for specific cards once a day, and I still missed the one card that I've been searching for for years. <laughs> so that was um, crushing to say the least when I saw that. It would have almost been better for me not to see it. Um, so I struck out there, and I even, after the fact, I bought an old Topps Chrome box to try and pull one for myself. Um, you can go, I, I uploaded that to my YouTube. That was from years ago, but I found the video on my computer, so I thought, you know what, I'll upload it on there. Um, I knew it would be a long shot to pull one or any card from this set, and I didn't. Spoiler alert, I didn't get one. I ended up with a really nice Tim Duncan refractor instead, but that's not what I was looking for. So... This card showed up on eBay. I recognized the seller from Blowout. The price at the time was high. I kept thinking about the card. I moved some stuff. I still thought the price was high. We haggled over price for a week or two. I even walked away for a little bit, which was really, really hard for me to do. Um, and then we finally made it happen. So like I said earlier, I posted a video of that card on my YouTube. I'm also going to post it on my social media. So make sure to be on the lookout for that. All right, before I move into today's final segment, I want to take a moment to remind you how you can support this show. As you guys know, there are costs that go into producing a podcast. One of my goals is to always keep the show itself free. So as a result, I've signed up for affiliate programs with eBay and Fanatics. If you'd like to help support the show in this way, go to www.waxmuseumpodcast.com Click whatever store you need to go to, shop as planned, and the Wax Museum podcast gets a small commission in the process. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. 
Hey, this is Bob Nettleke, former Indiana Pacer. Played on a few championship teams, had a lot of fun. You know, I'm listening to the Wax Museum podcast, one of the best there is. Okay, so those of you that are regular listeners, you know I've had guests on the last couple of episodes. I've enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, in fact, I'm trying to line up some future guests to close out the summer, but I haven't had much time to talk about current releases or upcoming releases or some of the basketball-related stuff that we have in store for us this summer. So I figure today would be a great opportunity to do so. As you guys know, we've reached the end of the NBA season, um, but unlike some other years, this summer offers a lot of card releases and a lot of basketball content in general that we can consume. There's a good chance that some of it could go under some people's radar. I would hate to see a missed opportunity, so I'm going to try and run through as much of that as I can for you and I'm going to try and give you some of my thoughts along the way. So um, I mentioned the NBA season is drawing to a close. Let's use that for our starting point. If this finals goes all seven games, it should wrap up on July 22nd. Um, but the card releases won't stop, though. So if this year is like any other year, we'll probably even have one or two products from the current card year that kind of seep into the next NBA season. But um, before we get to that point, let's start off with July. So on July 21st, we get Clearly Donruss. That looks to be a hobby-only product again. Um, there's not much in this product that sticks out to me, although they are doing clear retro rookies. And the mock-up showed a clear version of Luka Doncic's 2018 Donruss rookie. Nothing on the front indicated that this is a retro release or a reprint. I'm sure that's going to cause some confusion for future participants in the hobby. Confusion is not good. Um, a week after that, Panini Select comes out, and just like its football counterpart from this year, this will be the retail debut of Select Basketball. And a lot of people are worried about what this will do to the product, rightfully so. It definitely upped the print run of the football release, and it seemed to diminish some of those parallels but um, on the flip side, it might make it more attainable for your average collector. You know, you might luck out and actually find some at the store. Um, I don't normally rip select. I, I, in fact, I don't, I'm, now that I think of it, I don't know if I ever have. I think I, I'm thinking of Spectra. I've never ripped select. So if I could find it at a store, that would be a good thing. I can't tell you, though, what the retail scene is going to look like this summer or even how that's going to be distributed uh, it feels like the rules change every week or so, but be on the watch um, for July 28th, select basketball. Okay, um, August 11th, we were supposed to get National Treasures. I know this has been bumped one time already. I wouldn't be surprised to see it bumped again, but my guess is that Panini's main concern is getting all of these RPAs back so there aren't any redemptions. I talked about those a week or two ago. Um, we saw Emmanuel quickly show some of these off on his Instagram. I thought that was pretty cool. I think they look good overall. They probably have fake relics in them, but like I said, only time will tell. Okay, after that, August 25th, we get Optic. That's bound to be another popular release. And then as far as I know, we haven't heard anything beyond that. And it was thought that Donruss Elite would come out sometime in July. I think that got bumped for now. Of course, we're going to have Immaculate and Flawless. Um, I would expect to see, you know, Opulence and some of these other products as well. But I wouldn't expect the real big name high-end products until really late in the summer. 
um, and probably more realistically the start of next season. There are, however, a couple of non-NBA products that feature NBA players that I want to mention real quick. Um, Onyx Authenticated has a product coming out soon called Vintage Basketball that will feature two on-card autos per box. Um, It includes men and women and a lot of big names. I saw Curry and Giannis on there specifically. We don't have a definitive date for this release yet, but it should be soon. And then, of course, there's Goodwin Champions. Um, You guys probably already know about that, but that has been pushed um, to September. Okay, so those are just the releases mainly associated with the NBA. Granted, I know Goodwin has a lot of other stuff too. Let's look at some of the other basketball opportunities beyond that because these next couple weeks are really stacked. Um, The first one I want to talk about starts real soon, in a couple of days actually, on July 10th. And it runs for 10 weeks, and that's the Big 3 League. For those of you that aren't familiar with the league, it's a 3-on-3 league that was started by Ice Cube in 2017 and features a lot of former NBA players. Um, Let me make one thing clear here. While there might be some good games here and there, this is more of a nostalgia trip than anything. You're not watching this for the basketball necessarily. I liked the former players out there. Um, in fact, a guy that was in my mail day this week, Brandon Rush, is on one of the teams. I like seeing Rick Barry and George Gervin and Nancy Lieberman and Gilbert Arenas on the sideline coaching. Um, now, I was hoping that Tops would make a run at the Big Three license, and who knows, maybe something is in the works. I know there are a lot of player collectors out there that would love to have another shot at a gold refractor for their PC. Um, in the past, a smaller company called Parkside Cards They made a big three set in 2019. I don't know if they still have the license or not, but that might be something to watch out for in the future. Okay, so remember that's July 10th is when that starts. Um, The next basketball watching opportunity. I mentioned the WNBA in my mail day segment. They played a little bit over half of their games already. They're having to work around the Olympics this year, but their all-star game is July 14th. Um, Then they'll take about a month off before the second half of their season resumes in August. Look, I had been trying to decide if I wanted to invest more time into this league for a while now. Um, I'd really stayed away from it. And um, I thought I might make the plunge last year. Well, the two bubbles kind of coincided. So finally, and and kind of at the prompting of some of the people around me, and that's, that's why it's always good to have conversations with people and try and stretch yourself. Um, these last couple weeks, I've jumped in. So I've had more time. I've been able to you know, sit down and pick and choose, and I've jumped in. I wish I had done so sooner. Here are some things I like about this league. Um, and you know, some of the things are even a little reminiscent of previous eras of NBA ball. So the first off, there are only 12 teams, and some of them are stacked. Now, not my fever, of course, but some of them are stacked. But 12 teams, that makes it a lot easier to learn teams and players. The NBA is hard to keep up with. Well, this league has less than half the teams and half the players. Um, Also, this season's relatively short, especially this year. Quarters are 10 minutes long and games take about two hours. Maybe I have attention issues, but I think that's a perfect time frame. Um, Also, the game doesn't seem to be as positionless as the men's game has become. A lot of the bigs that I've seen play a traditional back-to-the-basket game. I like that a lot. I guess maybe that's nostalgic for me. Also, um, one other thing, 10-point leads seem to matter. In the NBA, that's nothing now. 
but that seems like a pretty big deficit in the NBA because you've got, um, you know, shorter clock and there's a number of things that, that really play into that. Um, anyway, those are my observations early on. I wouldn't call myself a WNBA super fan. I, I still have a lot to learn. Um, I know I'm blowing up clips and balls inbox here, but, um, I definitely endorse this league and I think the quality of play has improved drastically. Like I said, I wish I had hopped on board sooner. Um, also, I mentioned earlier that there were some women in the Onyx autograph set. That is, of course, an unlicensed product. Panini does have the NBA, WNBA license right now. Um, I haven't seen any news on a release this year. Uh, it'd be nice if we got another Prism release, but until then, I'm going to work on picking up some cards from the first set that I missed out on. Okay, um, the next noteworthy basketball date is July 16th. And some of you might even know what I'm talking about already, and you might kind of find that funny, but that's when the film Space Jam, A New Legacy, debuts. And that film, of course, debuts some big NBA talents. you got LeBron James, Kyrie, Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Klay Thompson, and so on. Uh, And just a side note, don't use this film as part of an MJ versus LeBron debate. If you like it, great. If you don't, that's fine. Uh, Don't ruin it for the people that do, okay? Um, now there are cards that go with this though, which is kind of cool. It's a retail only set that's going to be released in conjunction with the film. It's supposed to drop on July 21st. We still don't know a lot about it, but the early information we have mentions there will be some autographs from the film's stars and voice actors. Um, this of course means the potential, and I can't emphasize that enough, the potential for more LeBron autos. Uh, now, I I put that kind of that footnote on it because I want to caution everyone. Look at the recent Goodwin releases and notice how few autographs LeBron actually signs. So I, I wouldn't expect many autographs from him in this product either. Um, and that is if we're even getting them. It might be like those 10 Michael Jordan autographs that were supposedly placed in Haynes products a few years ago. Uh, Well, people are still looking in their tidy whities for those. I don't think I've seen record of a single one of them. All right. Anyway, like I said, approach that set with tempered expectations. If you're a fan of LeBron or a fan of the franchise, it could be a really fun rip. Um, For some of you, it might be a good way to get your kids more interested in the hobby. And I think it's great for the hobby overall. Okay, rounding things out here. I've got just a few quick dates left. The Olympic prelims start on July 24th. The U.S. will be represented by a men's team, a women's team, um, and then a women's three-on-three team. The men's team uh, was not comprised of NBA players, so they did not qualify. Um, We did have a team that tried, but they didn't make it. Um, So anyway, watch out for the Olympics. I mentioned the U.S. teams. I know there are a lot of international teams people are watching out for. Obviously, Luka is in the Olympics And he's already, um, even in qualifying for the games, he's already made a lot of noise. So I know people will be paying attention to that. Um, If you think back now, these Olympics were originally supposed to happen in 2020. And that would have been around the same time that things were getting absolutely crazy in the hobby. Um, If nothing else, I think this year delay saved a lot of people from a lot of heartache. Imagine watching Team Serbia... And, and feeling the need to prospect a guy like Milos Teodosic, okay? It was going to happen if this took place last year. 
But a year has passed. We're not so reactionary now. Things seem a little bit healthier. Everybody can breathe a little bit. Okay. Um, speaking of, of hold of breathing, I guess some of there some of you out there might be holding your breath for the NBA draft, and that takes place on July 29th this year. Yes, that means I'll be in Chicago for the national when Moses Moody slips back to the Pacers at pick 13. I can dream, right? Uh, and then finally, NBA Summer League runs from August 8th through the 17th, and we'll get to see a lot of those draft picks in action for the first time. All right. Well, there you have it. Something different for today. Just to recap real quick with some key dates, we've got our NBA release schedule, which spans the entire summer. The Big Three starts on July 10th. WNBA All-Star Game, July 14th. Space Jam comes out July 16th. Olympic prelims start on July 24th. The NBA draft on July 29th. And then this year's summer league runs from August 8th through the 17th. I know that's a lot to take in, but if you're a basketball junkie, there's no shortage of content. And if you're like me, when you consume this content, basketball cards are purchased in the process. Okay, I'm sure I missed something along the way. Feel free to let me know on my social media, or maybe there was something I said in the first segment that resonated with you. You can find me on Instagram under the handle at Wax Museum Podcast. I'm also on Twitter under at Wax Museum PC. If you enjoyed today's episode, I encourage you to support the show by doing all of your eBay purchasing through the link on my site, which is www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. There's a big eBay logo at the top. Click that and it should give me a small percentage of whatever you purchase in the 24 hours that follow. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast. Podcast.